that's it. Here's the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Right. Um, and the winner is... Hey! Gavin and Stacey, Nessa proposes to Smithy. Congratulations! <laughs> oh, wow. Ah. Can you hear us? Yes. I'm delighted. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I'm joined by the wonderfully terrific film critic who has been on the show a number of times, Boyd Hilton. Welcome back, Boyd. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Thanks. Excellent. So thank you very much for joining us today. You're on here to talk to us about the recent BAFTA Virgin Media must-see moment winner of 2020. So the BAFTAs happened last week. They have a category which is BAFTA virgin media musty moment can you tell our, our audience a little bit more about what this category actually is well this is the only category in the baftas that's voted for by uh, members of the public basically that's the that's the key to it so you know all, all of the rest of the bafta awards are essentially voted for by juries of experts and peers in bafta in the organization actors writers etc whereas the musty moment is voted for by members of the public and they vote they've been voting for it for about the last three or four weeks ever since the shortlist was announced and yeah it was won by um gavin and stacy in the end which i don't think was a huge surprise because Effectively, it was up against things like Game of Thrones, Coronation Street, um, Line of Duty. But I think Gavin Stacey, Gavin Stacey, the Christmas special that went out last year, 2019, was the most watched TV show for about a decade. So I think purely in terms of popularity and um, it was a fantastic moment. I think I think it, it felt like if it was the favourite to win, I have to say. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, uh, and just for those who weren't aware of the categories and the nominations, I'm just going to go through it. And I'm going to say spoiler alert, because we always have to say this for, for this particular category, because it tends to isolate one particular scene, one particular yes. plot point, And as such, is if, if you were following along and you haven't got to that point yet, it is a big reveal. Uh, so, as you mentioned, uh, the winner was uh, Nessa and Smithy. Ne Nessa uh, um, proposing to Smithy. From, from the show Gavin and Stacey. Uh, other contenders were the death of Sinead Osborne on Coronation Street, uh, the confessional scene in Fleabag, Arya killing the Night King in Game of Thrones, John Corbett's death in Line of Duty, and uh, Michael's recoupling after Casa Amor on Love Island. So again, just looking at that particular list, for one, one bit that struck me was uh, Arya killing the Night King popping up mm. in that list. And uh, okay, out of that entire list, I would probably say my personal choice would have been either Arya or the confessional scene from Fleabag. But that's more yeah. my own tastes, right? Um, yeah. Just ask, just from your point of view, uh, were you satisfied with the result of Nessa proposing to Smithy compared to the other options that were in that list? Yeah, I think I, I, I know what you mean. I think um, if you really had, I mean, I think it's a great list, by the way, because I think it reflects you know, all the different types of TV that we've got, you know, from reality TV, Love Island, to incredible fantasy in Game of Thrones. Um, 
etc and comedy in Gavin Stacey I think the, I think Gavin Stacey was a really moving moment and funny moment it kind of had that it had everything really and also it was like you know fans of that show have been waiting 10 years for this to happen so I think that's why it was so powerful but I agree with you I think Fleabag that scene was one of the most extraordinary moments in, in, in recent TV history so I probably would have voted for Fleabag in the end and also um, I think Line of Duty was just a, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Of course, they're re-showing all of series one of Line of Duty um, uh, as we speak tonight on, on, on BBC One Monday, um, which is incredible, which I watched again last week. So I would have been very happy with Line of Duty or Fleabag to win, yeah. I think, I, think, I think that makes sense. And with the Line of Duty one as well, that was actually a reason, there was the reason why, the main reason I wanted to put out that spoiler alert at the beginning, because I'm I'm not up to that episode yet. Oh God! Um, oh no! Yeah, you spoiled this, it for yourself. <laughs> this is yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. This category has has spoiled Line of Duty twice for me because <laughs> I think it was either last year or the previous year where it was yeah. uh, Thandie Newton's character. Um, uh, that scene with I'm not going to say that in case people haven't gone up to that, that point. It was the same thing as well. Having watched that scene, I was thinking I haven't gotten there yet, but thank you for that. Um, and it was, uh, it was. I feel like apologising on, on behalf of BAFTA because it's, it's BAFTA. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah BAFTA uh, probably uh, on the on the uh, on the level of well, if you haven't watched it, it's your fault. It's not ours. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so with with regards to uh, with regards to again sticking with uh, Virg- with BAFTA Virgin Media must see moment. Um, another element I wanted to bring up and you mentioned it, you touched upon it about, about the fact that fans of Gavin and Stacey have been looking forward to that particular moment because they've followed the character of Nessa and Smithy, that on off relationship for years. And so this is a combination of something that has been building up for years. So essentially it's been uh, surrounded with nothing but positivity leading to that point uh, compared to some of the other ones on there, maybe not necessarily the confessional scene with Fleabag because Fleabag has always been held in high regard um, for you know, on purpose because obviously it's a great show. Uh, but Arya and the Night King, for example, with the Game of Thrones, um, and perhaps maybe the Love Island comparison, where it's sort of a meta influence into it because the last season of Game of Thrones wasn't completely received positively, mm. and as yeah. such, do you feel that that might have actually had an element to those particular scenes not getting higher billing? in the uh, in the jury's votes or in the in the voters uh, opinions well i think so yeah and for, because it is it is fans voting yeah and i think i think you're right i think that game with thrones last season was considered by a lot of fans of the show to be disappointing yeah and i think you know in the end if it, this this category is all about the fan base of those shows isn't it because you know game of thrones is globally probably one of the most popular shows in tv history but because that final season was did not get a lot of fan approval, and in fact, in fact, it got a lot of explicit fan disapproval. I think they probably would wouldn't have voted for for an award that reflects, you know, that the love of the show, if you like. So, yeah, I think that was a factor. Even though that moment, I think, which interestingly wasn't in the last episode, um, that moment was absolutely brilliant. I, I'm a fan of the show, and I think that that moment was was incredibly exciting, and and a build up as well for seasons, you know, for like about eight years or whatever. So, but because the the, the final season was considered a disappointment, I think that's probably why I didn't win. Yeah. Excellent. You're listening. Excellent. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Acco, and I'm joined. I'm I've just joined, but yeah. I haven't just. 
I joined at the time, but uh, you'd already started, so yeah. Yes, producer Dave. Producer Dave is running late, but that's great. Uh, joined by producer Dave, and we are talking with uh, eminent uh, film critic, film and TV critic Boyd Hilton, who has just been talking to us about uh, BAFTA Virgin Must See Moment of 2020. Uh, the winner was Nessa and Smithy, or Nessa um, proposing to Smithy on the show Gavin and Stacey. I, I want to move a little bit uh, into the uh, into the wider BAFTA categories as well. This year. Uh, one of the things that has been dominating the news in terms of the BAFTA uh, awards recently was the, the award given to Idris Elba, the special uh, BAFTA given to Idris Elba, as well as uh, other um, actors of color, such as uh, Naomi Aki winning for End of the Effing World and Mo Gilligan for uh, latest show with Mo Gilligan. Um, and it's sort of one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is because on this show, we tend, we like to talk about the representation of ethnic minorities, black, Asian, uh, and other minorities in media. Uh, what, in your opinion, does this show as BAFTA's sort of, um, you know, BAFTA's uh, homage, or not homage, I would say, just uh, sort of their, their opinion on, the, on representation of ethnic minorities in TV, what, do, in your opinion, does this show? I think it shows they've worked really hard to to on on that issue of representation. I think I think um, you know I think for for in recent times there have been um, examples where the BAFTA nominations have come out and clearly um, you know it's been it's been dominated by by white people you know and that's like that's been undeniable and I think BAFTA looked at that as a, as an organisation. And looked at why is it, you know, when there's so many incredibly talented um, black and minority uh, creators in TV, you know, that they're not that those were not being reflected in in the nominations and in and in the awards. And I think what they did was, you know, I know for a fact that they made sure that see, the, the, I'm, I've been on a jury. I was on the jury that um, Naomi Miyake won, for example. I think I can say that now. You're not allowed to say it until until the awards is given out in case you know you're accused of being uh, biased or whatever. So I was on that um, jury of you know twelve, thirteen people, and that's all that all the juries are different groups of people and um, the juries are representative now, you know, and they didn't used to be in the past, you know, in the, you, in the past you could have had 12, 13 white guides, for example, you know, on a jury and that's not representative, you know, of the world, of the country. So they worked hard at that on that, for example. Um, and I just think it reflects the industry, you know, where, I mean, it's still not, it's by no means perfect, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, but it's definitely, I think it's getting better, you know, in terms of giving opportunities um, to to non-white people in terms of behind the camera, in front of the camera, um, and in writing, etc. So I think, yeah, I think I think I, I thought it was heartening, you know, that the the nominees and the winners this year were not all white people, all white, all, all, all middle-aged white guys, you know, which who can dominate in other years. Uh, that's a good point, and as it's a good point, and as you as you mentioned, it's sort of it's showing, it's reflecting what it's like in the industry. Um, is, do you feel that sort of this recognition from BAFTA works backwards to in, in sense of actually feeding back into the industry to give more opportunities to uh, people of color creating shows or having those opportunities? Oh, 100%, because I think it's interesting, actually, that um, a lot of the people nominated, the younger people nominated, like Naomi Aki, for example, um, were had been involved with BAFTA um, for a while in their various, they have various um, 
systems they have various um thing, events and they give after rising star awards for example um and they, they encourage young people to um connect with other creative people in the industry and there's been a definite focus on people of color being making sure that people of color have as fair a possible an entry into that world so bafta i think works really hard uh, and it has to because it's you know BAFTA's a, BAFTA's a effectively an organisation that's all about giving giving um, new people in the industry opportunities and um, to advance their careers and they have to again they have to reflect society and they are doing that and I think that is yeah I think absolutely and I think the more visible winners and nominees are for these awards which are the pinnacle of what BAFTA does the BAFTA TV awards but more people of colour will be encouraged to that they can find a place in the industry I think. And I, I do agree with you with, the, with regards to especially um, the BAFTA Rising Star because that's where we've seen uh, sort of it, recognition has been given to actors such as Noel Clark, for example, um, mm. who was one of the previous winners uh, coming through. Uh, that's one area in the BAFTA categories that I've seen representation being really strong, especially the fact that it's related to uh, audience voting because that's who wins, it's based on audience voting, compared to all the other categories where it's jury. And as you mentioned in past years, it's been a jury full of white men uh, and, and so on. Um, also within the selection process, one of the things I'd probably wanna, I, I, again, is me asking you, uh, looking at the categories or looking at the options of the contenders this year, there, has been, there hasn't been that much in the way of shows as a whole of you know with um people of color i mean maybe mm. the the cutoff was a little bit too early for something like i may destroy you by michaela cole yeah for example which is fantastic which i'm expecting yeah. is most likely going to dominate next year oh 100 yeah and, yeah so yeah we should make it clear that the the um criteria was is last calendar year so so it was up to the end of 2019 i guarantee you i may destroy you michaela cole she's gonna be full of baftas this time next year 100 yeah and 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 that's the thing it's sort of if if I were to try and point out one uh, one TV show or one uh, television show that focuses or has a lot of black representation or representation of ethnic minorities, um, I may I may destroy you is definitely the first one, mm. um, or is definitely one of them. But I, I struggle to find any other ones that I can then point to that could jump into that contention because a lot of the argument about uh, ethnic minorities, you know, not being represented by BAFTAs. Um, the counter argument is well, if you show me something that will that has those great performances, then we can have that conversation. But then the problem is, well, there's no opportunity for those TV shows to be up there. Um, can you tell us how BAFTA is, can sort of influence the industry in that way to be able to actually provide opportunity to Black creators as well to be able to put Black stories on TV? And I'm saying Black but I'm using that just to encompass uh, mm, yeah. ethnicities, uh, minorities, ethnic minorities. So can you tell us how you think BAFTA could work in that way? Uh, I, think, I think they could because I think they're constantly in a dialogue with, with people, the, the kind of gatekeepers, if we call them that, in the industry, you know, the people who commission shows. It's, you know, this is a lot down to the people who commission shows. And I know that um, BAFTA, you know, is constantly talking to BBC, Channel 4, Channel 5, those sky, those companies and encouraging them. And I think the companies now, I think, I think, you know, this year in particularly after the Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera, I think the TV companies now are really are instig instigating 
actual policies for example like you know certain you know you have to have a diverse uh, crew i think and cast if you want to get a show commissioned now on sky for example and i think more and more i think that may have been the case with channel four as well i think you're seeing more and more that these companies and the individuals that that run them are are actually coming up with proper um ways of making the industry more inclusive you know we've had campaigners like Lenny Henry um, have been going on for years about this, you know, and I remember Lenny did a speech uh, one year at BAFTA about it and then nothing much happened. And a few years later, he's like, still bad. And I think only now, probably this year, as we speak now in this environment where we are, um, they're finally actually doing, you know, coming up with policies that will definitely ensure there are more opportunities for, um, uh, for black people, people of color in front of and behind the camera. And, I, and a lot of, the, I, think, I think it's not, BAFTA hasn't got the power to do that, but they definitely are always talking to um, the, the, the TV companies about that. I've got a question for you. Do you mm. think um, awards such as the BAFTA give the audience more incentive to view shows made by people of color? Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But if you look at, um, I'll give you one example. Um, and this is in this is a, in terms of awards. Mo Gilligan, right? Um, uh, I work for Heat Magazine, and uh, we we have our own awards. They're not as prestigious as the Baftas, right? We call them the Heat Unmissables Awards, and we gave Mo Mo his an award late last year for his show that that, and he's won a Bafta for now. And the number of people who um, I saw online, you know, on social media uh, after he won uh, on Friday for his show, who um didn't hadn't really watched the show you know didn't really know him that well um uh the number of people were like oh you know he yeah i'm gonna f watch his show he's really funny his acceptance speech was so great you know things like that and i, th I think it's just visibility people you know a lot of people are going to watch bbc one friday prime time and see someone like mo being really funny and lovable and getting his award and thinking oh I, i'm going to check that show out and so, yeah, I think awards are really important. When They See Us won the International Award, I don't know if you saw that, which was this brilliant, um, brilliant Ava DuVernay um, drama. Um, and, and I think that winning, people won't have heard of that show necessarily if you haven't got Netflix, you know, it's on Netflix. It just alerts people to the existence of shows. It's, that's probably its most important function in a way. Excellent. And, and speaking of Mel Gilligan, because I, I, I was thinking of him when I asked that question, um, his show, uh, on Channel 4 is kind of like 11, 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people have gone to bed. I know it's on a Friday night a lot of the time, but a lot of people have, would have gone to bed. Now, how would you say that a show like that, um, made by someone who is of colour, showing at that time... I yeah, and I think... I think um, I think Mo's show is in that. I think he, in fact, I've interviewed him um, about, about it. And I think that was always the slot that they had in mind for the show. So in this particular example, I think when Mo Gilligan, I mean, Mo Gilligan's going to be around for years and he's going to be offered, you know, his own sitcoms and things like that. I think when the Mo Gilligan sitcom happens, which I hope it does, I've no idea if it is, by the way, this is my own, my own prediction. Um, I think that that will be on, you know, at 9, 9.30 or something, you know, that, because that's more of the kind of slot you'd want for that kind of show. Whereas I do feel like this very, as you say, very funny, cheeky, rude uh, chat show, chat entertainment show, it feels like it's a late, latish. In fact, it's called the latest. That's the whole, almost the whole concept of it is that it's on quite late. The in this particular show. example. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so I, I want to sort of move from the BAFTAs and just talk about what people can watch in general and what your recommendation, uh, Boyd, would be for either TV shows, uh, films as well, uh, that people can actually watch at the moment. At the moment, um, that's a very good question. Um, I'll, I'll give you something that's coming up. How about that? I'll give you something. I, I want to mention something that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which is um, called Lovecraft Country. Um, yeah, it's going to be on. It's going to be on Sky Atlantic Now TV. Uh, I've watched the first few episodes, um, and it's incredible. Really, it's about. It's set in um, the fifties in America, um, and it's about a young guy. Well, he's like late twenties, early thirties. Uh, he's a Korean War veteran, and um, he lives in Chicago. Uh, and his dad disappears basically dad kind of disappears in mysterious it's adapted from a novel and his dad disappears it's produced by jordan peele of get out fame and it's got that he goes off with two friends with his uncle and his best friend and they go on a road trip in america in the jim crow era of you know of of when when black people couldn't go to certain places um uh for in fear of their lives so it, it's it's looking at the racism of that era in america and at the same time it's like a horror series with with actual monsters as well. So it's like they're facing the dual terror of actual monsters and the, and the terror and the horror of racism in that period. And it's incredibly powerful and original. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge thing. I'm absolutely looking forward to, to that as well. Love, Lovecraft Country. It's got two of my, two, two actors who are really dear to me, Courtney B. Vance and mm. Michael K. Williams. Mm. Uh, Michael K. Williams from, uh, from The Wire. Everyone knows him as Omar from The Wire. Uh, I've followed his career for a long time since then. And then Courtney B. Vance, I've been watching him since uh, Dinner Party and uh, the, uh, the Preacher's Wife and so on and so forth. So I grew up watching him and then seeing him pop up on that. So uh, yes, I absolutely agree with that. Um, what about films? Can you think of any films that are coming out anytime soon that you might want to recommend? I'm not going to ask you to tell us what films you should tell us to avoid mm. uh, because it's terrible. But just to keep it positive, what films do you, would you recommend that you've seen that are coming out soon that we can watch? Okay, that's interesting. Let me think. Well, I'm gonna, I haven't seen it. How, can I, can I, I mean, the, the whole, let's, let's face it, the whole um, cinema industry right now is resting on the future of one film, which is Tenet, you know, the Christopher Nolan film, um, which, is, which is now actually coming out on August 26th. Uh, in the UK, uh, starring John David Washington. Um, he's the lead guy. Um, and Denzel Washington's son, by the way, if people don't know that. But a brilliant actor in his own right. And um, the reason why the whole industry is waiting for it is because it is the proper blockbuster film of the summer. And cinemas are slowly opening. You know, a lot of chains are opening, opening this weekend. Others are still to open, opening in the next couple of weeks. But this is a big test how well is it going to do? Will people flock to cinemas, you know, albeit under the current um, social distancing uh, measures? It's a huge thing. From A, it's the, it's the film that I'm most excited about anyway this year because I love Christopher Nolan and I love John David Washington. The whole idea of it sounds incredible. And B, just it's, it's the film that's going to bring back going to the cinema, hopefully. So, yeah, that's the one I would say, even though no one's seen it yet at all in the world, apart from, apart from the people involved. <laughs> But it's Christopher Nolan. It's sort of, it, it, yeah. he's, I know any any director can have a, can eventually have a flop, but he's been on a winning streak. Odds go as far back as saying since Memento. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. The last one that he did before that was, uh, before, before Ten was uh, Dunkirk, 
which yep. was which was great. Um, so it's visual. And John David Washington, we were talking about him last week or the week before because we were talking about Black Klansman, which is mm. these uh, yeah. Spike Lee movie that he's leading. Anyway, you've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonant 4.4 FM. Uh, Boyd Hilton, thank you very much for taking time to, to talk to us about uh, BAFTAs. Just before I wrap up, David, sorry, did I cut you off? Did you have a question that you wanted to ask? Well, no, actually, I didn't. Um, <laughs> there were several questions I wanted to ask about a couple of programmes that were featured in the BAFTAs, particularly Chernobyl, which I must admit uh, left me with a sinking feeling in my gut when I saw it. The, the worst thing about Chernobyl is that it's a Sky programme and a lot of people haven't got access to Sky. So, mm. you know, just very quickly, how would people be able to watch that if they haven't got access to Sky? Well, it is on Now TV as well, which is like Sky's kind of streaming service, like their version of Netflix, which you don't have to sign up, you know, for a contract for, if you like. You can just, you can just get a, sign up for a month or whatever and you get a free pass, I think, anyway, for the first seven days. So that's one way of watching it. I believe it's also on DVD as well, um, and Blu-ray if you want to watch it, you know, in that, if, if you've got DVD play, old-fashioned. And I think it's also on various, you could pay for it in various, you know, um, uh, download. I think it might be on iTunes, etc. It's, it's, it's around, yeah. But probably, if you, have, if you haven't got a, a satellite dish, etc., now TV is probably the best way of watching it, I would say. Excellent. Sorry, is it producer, producer Dave and I will have this back and forth where I always cut him off whenever he needs to ask <laughs> and, and, and then carry on. But Boyd, thank you very much. For us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you start editing this, you're just going to cut all of my bits out. Uh, excellent. So thank you very much and uh, hope you, ha- you, you still remain safe in these perilous times and we hope to have you back on the show maybe even before next year's BAFTA Virgin must-see moments uh, category. Come, you can come back on the show and talk about any of the other shows that you want to talk about. Well, if you oh, that'd be great. School, hopefully you'll come back and tell people how you became one of the jurors for, for BAFTA, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. People will be interested in, in your story and how you, and how you can get to become a juror. Sure thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm available. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs>